So, Ashley, I want to thank you for joining the Speak Your Peace podcast. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining the Speak Your Peace podcast today. We have a very special guest. Um, we have Ms. Ashley Thornhill. Is that, is that correct? Hi. Yes, you got it. Thornhill. <laughs> Thornhill. Um, Ms. Thornhill is a model. Um, I'll let her introduce herself with a pretty short bunch of athletes and accomplishments and things that uh, she's done and accomplished over her career as a model that I'm not familiar with. So if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, I am Ashley Thornhill and I have been in Charlotte. What? Let's see. Almost two years now coming up in February. So this area is kind of still new to me. But yeah. And where were you before you got to Charlotte? I was in Jersey, New York area okay. for the last last eight years. Eight. Wait, hold on. I came out of undergrad and college 2008 and moved in 2019 so dad about well, nine years okay. 11 years 11 years i'm sorry my math all off That's cool. so let's dive right into it um modeling okay. like did you always want to be a model or like um you know where did that come from well i i did actually i wanted to do acting a little bit first because I used to watch all of the, you know, Nickelodeon shows, Snick, you know, Disney back then. Everything was uh, popping like Wild and Crazy Kids, Nickelodeon, all those Snick shows. Um, however, when I was in college, um, I kind of really honed into wanting to model. And that's when America's Next Top Model kind of came to the scene. That's when like mm-hmm. Eva um, first came around, Eva Marcel, um, Naomi. Um, all of the, the old school um, America's Next Top Model. However, at that time, I knew my parents weren't going to let me leave school to go and to try to model. model. <laughs> yeah, so. Now you have to leave school so. to go and try to model? You is not something well, you could do? Um, at that point in time, I don't think so, unless you knew you really had a set uh, contract or deal. Right. But to like leave to go to get on that show like America's Next Top Model um, at the time this was before they did like the college segment this is before they did the petite models or plus size models or they started branching off doing other categories this was when it was like uh, five seven at the least height requirement to do it and to get on the show and you don't know if you were going to make it to the end or even be casted for the whole thing then that was a, a, a risk and gamble to leave college and try to go do that now, American Next Top Model, is that pretty accurate um, as far as in, like, what we see on TV? Like, um, as, as far as modeling in, in your experience? Well, I believe at that time, Tyra tried to make it as um, close to reality as possible as to how the process goes with going to go sees, um, meeting up with designers and, you know, trying to see if they could be casted for their, you know, clothing line for certain runway shows. Um, so I think she tried to portray it as close as possible as she could. I mean, of course, the reality part and being in the house with other models kind of gave you a little bit more entertainment. Uh-huh. But, um, as far I mean, as the process, any, any a bunch of people in the house, you're going to get some, some yeah, entertainment. You know that. Um, so if someone wanted to, like, get into, like, you know, like, so, okay, before we even get there. So, you know, your parents wouldn't let yeah. you leave school to go and model for life. What do you do next? What did you do next? 
at that point in time, oh, I, I did my four years of college. I graduated. I um, did a lot of temporary to permanent type jobs when I moved um, back to New York, like with my grandmother. Um, and I still kind of held off from pursuing modeling because I was like, oh, no, I need to get a, a job. I need to get a corporate job. And then at that time, the economy, Wall Street, everything was kind of like going down. Um, but I ended up working, I mean, fast forward to my long-term job that I had. I worked for Verizon for like seven and a half years. So I worked like an hour, not an hour. I worked a year in customer care, about a little over a year in sales. And then I went into the legal department and I worked there for the last five and a half years. So, so I kind of went to college, did my major poli sci, kind of went into the field of what I went to school for. And then, you know, of course, realizing that's not exactly what I really want to do. How hard is that? I, see, I mean, not just myself, but I see a lot of people struggle with that. Where it's kind of like you get out of college, you're like, okay, cool. I know what I kind of want to do, but also these bills, though. And you got student loans breathing down the back of your neck. How hard is that to, like, choose that path? Uh, for a lot of people, it's, it was hard. Um, for me, I was blessed to come out of undergrad with no student loans. My dad would not allow okay? me. Yeah, my dad wouldn't allow me to um, take any loans. I got full tuition fees for academics, and the only thing we had to pay was like room and board. So I had grants and um, some financial aid that I was able to get, but not a lot. And so. listen, if you are high school and you listening to this, you know, don't just breeze through. I know a lot of us can just breeze through, but like actually shoot for good grades and study because it makes going into college and paying for it so much easier if you can get grants and um, scholarships and stuff like that. Um, so <laughs> if you can save some money, definitely do that. Um, so uh, your first um, your first ever like model gig, what was it and how did it go? Uh, where was it and how did it go? Well, for big time, I did a lot of, well, okay, before now, I did a lot of freelance so modeling. Small time and big time. Yeah. Yeah, so I did a lot of uh, freelance modeling. Uh, I modeled for a couple of clothing brands of um, a few people that I knew in Jersey and New York area. Um, and, and, you know, got paid for those gigs. Um, but the on a bigger scale, I think the biggest thing for me in, in accomplishing in modeling was walking for New York Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. And um, this was and- this was this this February. So it, it takes a long time sometimes to really get to certain things that you really want to do, uh, especially if you're trying to do it the right way. I mean, there's a lot of things I could have done um, to be out there, as a lot of people tend to do. And it's if that's what you do. That's what you do. It's no no offense <laughs> to anyone who uh-huh. will do what they have to do. But to try to do it, you know, away without when I'm not kind of compromising who I am. You know, it takes a little bit longer. Do, do you, uh, is that is that industry? Um, is that does that happen like pretty like frequently where people are put in positions where they sometimes have to compromise like who they are for like gigs and stuff like that? Because um, I know you you know you hear a lot about it in like the acting industry and the movie making industry where women sometimes have to almost compromise who they are um, or be left of themselves to get a gig or to get a role. Is it similar to so, same thing in modeling? Well, absolutely. Um, 
I know it, it, it was probably better for me to to kind of get into the industry a little bit later on in life, even though I knew who I was at 20 something years old or in 18, 19, you know, because of the way I was raised, you know, by my parents, you know, sometimes you can still be swayed to do things because you want to, you know, be put on or you want to, you know, get into the industry. Um, But, you know, establishing a lot more down the line who you are, you're, you're less willing to take those chances just to get to where you think you want to be. And it kind of puts you in a, a, of category where sometimes it's hard to come out of where they only see you as this type of model. Especially you, like, of, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Basically, it's kind of like that's what they know you as, and, and they can't get that image out of their head. Right, and I know, like, like coming up in high school and in the era that I did, video girls was a lot of what you would see, and that was what was popping. And so in those situations, sometimes a lot of them were, you know, having to do a lot to get put on because you had some that was willing to do that or would offer that so that they can be put up in the forefront of something versus the ones who didn't. And you had the artists like, well, I have girls who will, you know, so it kind of mm-hmm. puts you where, well, no, we're not gonna- Well, are you gonna do it or are you, are you not? Right. So it gives it gave that mentality. So now it's 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 come away from that a little bit more now because of the Me Too movement. A lot of people, um, which can be good and bad too, because you got people trying to use that uh, without really being truthful about what's going on. Um, but I just think it was just better for me, you know, just establishing who I am and who you know my morals and everything. And then going about doing things. Right, you were, and you, I'm not to say that you didn't know who you were at a younger age, but the right, older, exactly. you know, you've experienced exactly. more things. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I get that. Um, now, when it comes to like modeling, someone wants to like get into it. Like, do, is it like applying for like any other job or a regular job, or like how do you go on a freelance, or how do you do the, do that? I mean, well, you have casting calls uh, that you can look for it's a little bit easier now to look for casting calls because they're right at your fingertips through social media and search searching hashtags and looking for casting calls. You can kind of put it in. I would say the advantage when I got into like modeling class and um, taking acting classes, it helped a little bit more to push me to do um, or get to places that I probably would not have just continuing to continuing to do it as a freelance Um, because when you go to certain casting calls, there's a certain way that you have to introduce yourself to those casting directors, um, which it's called slating. I'll get that out there, but explain explain um, it to me. How do you, how do you like, what is slating and how does it work? Like, so slating and it's just free. I've never heard that term. (laughs) (laughs) I I never heard of it until I, I'm trying to figure out, did I hear it when I was watching top model back in the day? Um, But you wouldn't know unless you looked at things that kind of helped you out in that category. So when I got to acting classes and modeling classes, I learned that. Um, So it's basically introducing, you know, who you are. Um, If you're under the age of 18, then you can say your age for, you know, most places. If you're over 18, they rather not. That's more on the acting side or, or, you know, modeling, too, um, because it's sometimes what you could what age you could be casted for. 
which you can be casting for a range of ages uh, based on how you look. So, so your age and your casting age is completely different. Correct. Correct. Um, I mean, and this crosses over to acting. Like a lot of Disney Channel stars growing up were like in their 20s. And you would think they were like 15, 16, 17. Now, you did have some that were actually mm -hmm. young. But, but they're I remember that. For, mm -hmm. I think um, what show that I used to watch was like, was it a Miley Cyrus or something? And like the brother was really actually like older. Yes, he was, which was questionable because she was younger. <laughs> yeah. And then um, if you think about what's the other show, um, is it show the High School Musical one? movie was like that, too. Oh, really? The black the black girl in High School Musical. OK. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. What's that football show that comes on with Tay Diggs? Um, oh, um, All American. All American. Um, so mm -hmm. I know the the actual guy, uh, Spencer's like twenty four. Um, oh, wow. Spencer's twenty four. His girlfriend, um, I can't remember her name. The light skin girl. She's like thirty one, thirty two. See, um, you don't yeah, know so for sure. And they're all playing younger, but go ahead. So you're, you're slating, you tell them if you're under 18, you should say your age. Yeah. So you say your, your name, if you're under 18, you say your age, um, who, you know, what you're auditioning for or who you're represented by. So if you're represented by an agency, you say your agency representation name and what you're there to audition for. And then you go ahead and start with your audition, whether it's a runway walk whether it's um, a monologue that you're doing for acting and you know, and then at the end you you know make sure they know that you're done doing your why is why is age such like uh, or the older you get like so so considered like taboo when it's just like you know like why is it almost taboo to like say your age if you're over like 18 like let's say you look let's say you look you could pass the 15 to 17 years. But you're mm -hmm. 27 or 28. Why does it, why is it so taboo to say your age if you could actually pass for younger? Um, I don't know. Or maybe know it's not like, exactly. just like a traditional thing, like a just something. Yeah, like a, it's just, yes. And it's more back to how the, age, the industry used to be, where they're just strictly zero to twos is for, for runway. Your height at five, eight that's pushing it normally five, nine and above. Um, just, I guess just this European look that they went for and I guess couldn't fathom that you can actually be a certain age and look, you know, younger, um, especially amongst our people, but, yeah, don't cry. um, but yeah, Unless you're doing it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but, but now, you know, because the industry has started to broaden so much, you know, breaking barriers, you know, now with runway, high fashion, you know, still some of the high fashion brands still kind of tend to go with the taller and skinnier look. However, it has begun to open up to, you know, your plus size modeling, your curvier models, your seasoned models, um, especially like now with a lot of the older men they have like the the beard the silver beards and and they're doing runway um they're doing magazine covers so it's it's now it's just more of an everyday beauty as to what people should be able to relate to you know what i mean i'm looking at a magazine i can be beautiful you can make someone look at themselves like i can get dressed up and look like this you know it gives you gives people that self-confidence 
you know, when you start to broaden the spectrum, you know, for everyone. Gotcha. Um, now, the runway walk, um, of course, is clearly significant. I mean, I've seen even on your Instagram, like you, you know, practicing your runway walk and perfecting mm-hmm. everything like that. Like, is there, a, I mean, obviously, is there like a specific way to do it? Uh, are there like, I mean, because I'm sure it's not just something that anybody can just get up and do. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still working on mine too. Um, a, a few of my friends and some of the girls that I met. You're doing a heel. Yes, yes. A few of the girls that I met uh, when I went to New York Fashion Week, um, we've all kind of been in our heads sometimes. I'm like, oh, does this look right? Does this good? Hold on, how's my walk? <laughs> because it's it's like when it comes to showtime, you don't want to mess up. And you don't want to, you know, make the designer's clothes look bad and everyone remember their, that outfit because of the girl who fell. <laughs> um, so it's a lot. I mean, you want to kind of keep your core tight. You know, it's like more of a, a lean back that you got to have to try to do when you're walking in hills and you can't let your arms swing as much. So, you know, the bottom half, it's OK, um, but you don't want to make it look raunchy if I should say (laughs) but it's like a really tight walk that you got to try to and I like I said when you're more curvier it's a lot harder to to try to tuck everything into that core and walk and without letting your arms work but when you swing I'm sorry but when you practice it you know a lot more and you kind of get your signature walk it becomes a lot easier um but yeah (laughs) it's a lot that goes into it I'm sure. What's so um like? What's like your most like you know, embarrassing moment? Like you know, just with on the runway. Like, have you ever like stumbled or like anything like that? Like in your life or? I haven't really stumbled. Because I was thinking, like um, you know, when you like, like 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 graduations, where you like, okay, cool, all I gotta do is not trip up the steps, not trip up the steps, not trip up the steps, <laughs> and then you trip. Yeah, it's like it makes it worse when you're in your own head thinking. Uh, not to do something and you end up doing it. Um, uh-huh. No, I when I did for CIAA, I did the um, uh, they had I Slave fashion show for CIAA back in Camp North End. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it was so long, but um, it was really good. So I ended up walking for like six or seven designers, and, and I was only there to walk for one, which was the one I initially walked for. For New York Fashion Week, um, but of course, sometimes the designers, if they don't have models, they'll ask models, you know, if they fit, you know, their clothing design and, and sizes, then they'll ask you to, you know, walk for them as well. As long as it doesn't, which sometimes you could be back to back, but as long as they kind of situate you where, hey, I'm walking for the next designer after you, so they'll put you a little bit ahead, you know, in their lineup, so that you can get changed and go and walk for the next person. Because um, it gets crazy hectic sometimes if you're walking for multiple designers. Um, yes, and quick um, without getting makeup on their clothes. Yeah. So backstage, y'all like changing and and trying not to get makeup on the clothes. How long does it like right. a modeling yeah. show? Like how how long is like that day? Like, oh. I don't think it's like something that you could show up like maybe an hour and a half before or. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. Um, you have okay. So they have call time. Um, all right. So when I did New York Fashion Week for the show, we had the call time was at I think five for the eight o'clock show. 
And if okay. you were at the five o'clock show, your call time was two. So at least two, three hours before your actual show time. So they, you, they can get you there You can get your hair um, curled or straightened or however you need to, it needs to be done based on how the designer wants your hair to look for their particular set. Um, then you have people going around getting your makeup done and you need to get your makeup done before a certain time so that you can do the walkthrough as to how the set's going to go and how it's going to look. And sometimes it's like really quick. It's like, all right, you need to pay attention. Look at how this is going to go. This is the mark. You're going to go here. You're going to go here. You're going to pose in front of the, the um, photographers here so they can get the outfit. Then you're going to go back to here, X, and then walk out. Then when their set is done, then you have to come back out so that everyone can see the designers for that particular set. So it is a lot. It's fun, but it's a lot. But once you're done, you're like, we got through it. Yeah. But back to what you said about the embarrassing moment. I think the embarrassing moment was at Camp North and the runway was, it was brick. So I don't even know why they chose that. But sometimes the runway may not be straight. Um, you may have it okay. put together and it's cracks in the floor. So anyway, it was brick. So I was walking and this was like for the last designer I was walking for. And um, by that time, most people had was leaving because the set was like literally so long. It was almost like a showcase because they had so many performances in between the actual fashion show that it was supposed right. to be. Right. And so my heel got stuck in one of the. Like cracks where the bricks was yeah but i was able to keep going because like really quick but i was like oh my god <laughs> 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 but you know i didn't fall or anything like that so that well, was good yeah thank god uh, <laughs> it's like it was that quick that brief where it's like oh my god like you think you about to go down yes and <laughs> like i said i'm glad it wasn't early on in the show when it was like packed because, you know, it was the NAA weekend, so people will come in to see, but then they're going on to the next thing. Right. You know, if you don't get it done and over in a certain time, then you're going to start losing your audience. Right. Do you think, um, I know you were saying, like, sometimes now, we, you know, you can look at gigs at, at what your fingers is. Do you think social media, like, you know, kind of, like, helped or hurt, like, the modeling industry? Um, I, or maybe both. Or maybe both. At both. I think it's it's become more innovative and um, in this time frame, because most people were made to kind of sit still for a while, for a few months, it kind of gave people time to really be seen by a lot more brands and industries, um, people in the industry to kind of discover new faces and models. Um, because everyone was doing things from home. So before you may not have had someone that will look at a home video of you walking, but because that's all that there is for you to do, you can't really go anywhere. Now they're really paying attention, you know, and people are using like towels or curtains to kind of be creative to have in home um, fashion shows. So they had people kind of linked in to do a virtual fashion show. Uh, so right. that that's kind of helped. Um, now, prior to, you know, COVID and everything, you know, for people who were using social media platform or for the ones who are, like I said, stuck in one category or only doing one thing. So when they want to branch out to something else, it, mm -hmm. it makes it harder for them because they start to see them as, well, what else can you do? I've only seen you do this. We've already seen that. 
now you got to try to prove to them that you're able to do or switch over and do other things. So it can kind of hurt you if you're stuck in doing one dimensional things or always showing one particular um, style of fashion or always in bikini or always, you know what I mean? If you're not versatile. Like if a designer does just swimsuits and that's all you've done, but what about the designer that does, you know, like business attire and gown? Yeah. Okay. Right. So I I try not to, I try to kind of switch things up or give different looks or different hairstyles, um, you know, so that I don't get stuck into one category. So I'm posting things. I always try to mix it up. You know, I'll do like maybe a bathing suit from time to time. And it's mm-hmm. normally one one piece, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it'll probably get more attention because most of my following is is mm-hmm. uh, guys, are guys. Yeah. So you have to kind of know your audience too. Call me out. Um, Appreciate you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, as far as like if you have your page set up as a um, business page so right. you can see your insights, you can see. Mm-hmm what days your your followers are most active, uh, mm-hmm. what times of the day they're most active, who your audience is. Like I said, my following is 60% men, 40% women. Um, but my women are more active on maybe a Monday. Right. So I may put something out that they would probably appeal to. So like, what is, you know, what is, what would you say like, success is like as a model what would you consider like success and like the modeling industry working with household names um you know me i i want to be featured on you know a few of my favorite you know magazine covers that i may have been you know coming up what are you what are you some of your favorites like vogue and style magazine um now um, Crown Magazine is one of uh, bigger ones. It's black owned. They're more, you know, catered to our people. You know, I've always liked Essence, Ebony, um, Vanity Fair, in, in, I said in style, but Shape Magazine, um, Telegraph Magazine. There's a lot that I kind of like uh, or have looked at. Even back then, Jet Magazine. Um, my always have jet. My uncle used to always have jet magazines and had the beauty of the week. Like I, mean, I remember jet. beauty of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so, remember jet. That's the throwback. Yes, uh, throwback. So, um, um, and I also, like I said, want to branch into the acting scene, mm-hmm. which I am working on something. It's an indie film coming up, so okay. I'm working with that. Yes, coming out of the <laughs> zone. So, like, uh-huh. I, I, I like to, you know, like I said, do modeling and acting, but I was kind of and still am somewhat of an introvert. So, I like to be around people, but uh-huh. I don't like to, like, talk. I've never seen you in that fashion, but okay. <laughs> when? <laughs> I mean, right now, it's yep. not too many places to go. But, um, yeah, true. Yeah, so, well, me, like, I'll go to a bar, like, when I was in, lived in Jersey, even sometimes now, but most of the time my brother is with me, but I would go to a bar on my days off by myself and, like, sit, chill, as long as it's good music playing. Oh, this bird just flew by, sorry. As long as it's good music playing, I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine. Now, you may have people come 
sit next to me at the bar and start talking and I may right. but <laughs> but I'd rather just, you know, chill, watch the game or, you know, listen to music and go home, you know, and go to work the next day. But it's funny. Usually when you hear people talk about like getting into music or um acting or you know mildly, whatever the case is, they want to go to like these bigger cities, Atlanta, New York, Cali, whatever the case is. Except for your situation, you went from Jersey to Charlotte. Um, I will. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you finish. But now I'm just saying, you know, that's usually you usually see the opposite. Like people want to go to these bigger cities, but you already in a bigger city, and you came to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so why why was that? And like, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. No. For sure. I mean, Charlotte is a untapped market for one. Um, two. I mean, Atlanta isn't too far from here, like three hours, and I can always fly back and forth to New York because I have family up there. However, uh-huh. I have a I have a son, so to have a little more family support, you know, with him, so that I can go to certain things, um, it made it a little bit easier to be here to have a lot more family down here that will be able to, hey, look, we'll watch him. You go do what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know. And, when I was in, in Jersey, I mean, his other grandparents were there and he would go over there on the weekends from time to time. Um, but I was working full time, too. So they would pick him up. But it's, you know, still Acting, modeling, working full time. mom, like, yeah, I was, I was full time mom and full time working full time, you know, 40 hours a week. And so I wasn't doing modeling full time at that at that point in time. Um, but I wanted to, but a lot of things I wouldn't probably do or go out for because I didn't want to leave him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't want to just put him on, you know, his other grandparents if they didn't have to watch him, mm-hmm. even though they would, you know, be there if they needed to. But, you know, that was just me. So a lot of things I kind of just didn't do or really branch out there because I was um, putting motherhood first. So, um, and your son knows you model, right? Mm-hmm. So has he ever thought about like you know say you know I might I might want to model or whatever the case is? And actually, that's another question. I'm not sure how familiar you are familiar you are with the male side of things, but is it completely different than a woman's side? Um, somewhat. I, I can't really speak too much for the male perspective, mm-hmm. but sometimes I guess because of like the beard era and everything that's the beard era. <laughs> <laughs> like more people are into the beard. So a lot of guys get noticed a lot more sometimes than women, you know, from what I'm seeing on social media, from a social media standpoint, uh, because there's so many women, you know, ratio compared to, to guys. And now in the modeling industry, I mean, not even just in modeling in general, you know, it's always this, you know, light skin, dark skin, whatever the case is. Do you have have you seen that in modeling? Um, where it's like they cater to like a specific skin tone or whatever the case is. I mean, I'm sure it's some form of fashion people do from the traditional, you know, of how it used to be and everything like that. But have you seen that personally? Um, I, I don't think I have seen it personally where they're like, hey, we want to go with the light skin one over mm-hmm. me but i have been i have been aware of it especially you know years before as opposed to now where dark skin has become a lot more favorable 
um, or looked at now um, as like it's a trend and it's not, but it's just more people favor that closer to European look when it came to modeling. And the lighter skin was more closer to that European look, unless you were, you know, the African models that did kind of make it with that structure, whereas some of them were more of an androgynous look that they were looking for, or that just the bald head and dark tone, and it just was a fierce, you know, look. Um, what the ones that they would go for. And what I didn't used to, and you know, I know nothing about modeling, but what I didn't used to like is that, like, when they used to speak highly of, like, you know, beautiful black women, um, whether they were light skin or dark skin, anytime it got to, you know, the dark skin woman or the dark or the darker complexion woman, it was always a woman who, like, was, um, like from Africa. I mean, we're all we all descended yeah. from there, but she was like born there and came and, and, and came over here. And it was just like, well, there are beautiful black women here who are African American and like beautiful too. Why does it always have to be, you know, someone someone from there? So I like this era that we're that we're not in, but progressing towards where we're getting to, you know, it's more open with this plus size model. Um, and I like that it's like allowing people to be more free and open about who they are um, and comfortable in their own skin right um because what i do see a lot of is like sometimes um you know it's almost as if you know they say you need this or you need that to be considered right and it's not necessarily the case it's not the case that that's true even sometimes down to um with the height requirement with it like i said a lot of the more higher end fashion designers and, um, you know, with the European look, they would go for the taller ones where a lot more of the average people are probably five foot two out five, six, five, seven, as far as women goes. Um, so sometimes they can't relate to the model that you're using as far as the clothes or how it will look because you only have this particular um, physique that you're you're showing. Now, granted, I get it. Normally, their audience is to the higher-end uh, customer where their clothes cost a lot more, so they're aiming their target audience is someone who's going to spend a lot more. But if you're going to broaden that spectrum more, your clothes are going to be sold in you know places where a lot of these high-end brands, Black people buy it. So if you're trying to appeal to everyone, then it makes sense to have models of all different shapes and sizes. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to the everyday person. But I get it. It's a it's an industry of high end. So you want it to look a certain way. I like it. So, you know, now that you've done, like you said, New York Fashion Week was really big you know, that was dope. You were able to do it. Like, you know, what what other things are you looking forward to? So, um, are you still looking? Like, are there other, like, fashion shows you want to do? But also, I know you work on a little acting, too. Like, is it possible yeah. to do both? Like, yeah, it, I mean, it is. Um, I actually had lined up before everything kind of came to a halt. So, February, it was supposed to be New York Fashion Week. Then I was heading to Again. L.A., Yes. So, okay. So New York Fashion Week happens twice a year, February and September. So they do two. It's like a fall and and spring. Um, So I was supposed to do both 
both of them, they're still having it September 12th coming up. Um, but some of them are doing modelist shows and they're just doing exhibits. So I'm still trying to wait to see if they're going to be using models before I decide to go out there now. So yeah, so I was, I did February. I was set to do LA fashion week in, in March, but then like I said, all of the flights started being canceled. They started canceling the shows. So majority of the shows for this year had got canceled. Um, so there were like a tour of shows to be done by a few production teams. So I was going to do New York, L.A., Atlanta. Um, Does everybody have a second week? <laughs> Is it just like the bigger cities, New York, L.A., Atlanta? Um, yeah, Detroit had one, Boston, um, there was a, a few other cities, Chicago, uh, and, and, and it's based on a, most of the bigger cities that do fashion. Um, like New York is the main fashion city. So New York, uh, New York Fashion Week is actually bigger than That's LA. Honestly, it, honestly, New York must be the big one. That's the only one I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've never, I've never, or maybe I might have heard like a Paris Fashion Week or something like that. Um, but New York is like the one that I've heard of since like for years now. Right. So, yes, that is the biggest one because New York is known for for high fashion. Um, L.A. is more so acting Hollywood, that sort of speak. So if you want to really act at that, you know, back in the day, L.A. was where you wanted to go. But now that Tyler Perry has this big old base and doing a lot more things, Atlanta has become just as important as L.A. And actually, in North Carolina, a lot of people film in Wilmington because of the cheaper land to land space. So a lot of movies that and shows that you may not um, think of were filmed in, in Wilmington because of the space and it's cheaper than going to LA. And I've actually been seeing a lot like since Tyler Perry bought the studio, you know, a lot of people who are in LA is like, well, Atlanta might not be the move because so many people like California in general is just overpopulated and it costs mm-hmm. so much to live there. Yes. Why not go to Atlanta where it's cheaper and you could still film and you can still, you know, run right. everything um, without the hassle of getting the cost that come with being in Cali. Right. Um, I thought I was talking to Paris, you know, getting a head start. Um, yeah. You know, so I, you know, I do want to know, like, if you were, um, you know, if, you, if there are models, you know, like women who are looking to model or going to modeling, like, what, what advice would you give them? I would just say, you know, stay consistent with it. Um, you know, discipline. I, it, it's hard. As easy as it sounds, it's hard sometimes to stay consistent because sometimes you get down. Sometimes things are not coming and that's with anything. Um, but just if it's something you really want to do, stay, stay consistent with it. Get um, practice or, you know, take classes, uh, even if you think that you don't need it. I mean, some people can just do it or are able to use their social media platform and generate income from that. And that's okay. Um, but if you are really wanting to do a, a broad spectrum um, or be considered for a lot of different areas in modeling, then, you know, get some, get some training or in, and study the craft. Like don't just say, Oh, I want to model or you go to a casting call and you don't even know, you know, the, the big magazine brands or the, the big name um, models that you are look up to. Like if you don't know any fashion brands or models who did it way before, mm-hmm. you know, your time, then do you really want, you know, to pursue that? 
Um, so just, you yeah. know, take it seriously if it's something that you really want to do. Um, you know, and, and it sometimes does not happen overnight. The people that you think is happening overnight, you have no idea how long they've been doing it. Working behind the scenes. Before, right, before they start to really see results. Like like I said, I was doing it on the, on the side while working full time and still, you know, still got some things that I want to do and working towards, you know, New York Fashion Week, which is one thing. All right, so beginning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's big. Um, again, I definitely like appreciate you, you know sharing your experiences and your and your story with me. Um, I know you know it was a fight here, and you know you watch that New York Fashion Week because again, that's all I hear. You know, everybody, <laughs> you know, whatever everybody wants to do it. Um, appreciate you sharing your almost your embarrassing moment where you your heel got stuck in the brick. Um, yeah. Again, like that's 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 dope. I think again, I personally didn't know as much goes that as much goes that as much um of y'all craft goes in on the back on the back end. I never knew what Slayton was. You know, somebody like me would have just walked in and said my name and then said what I had to say and not even like knew that whole elevator spill or anything like that. Um Right. And but again, it just goes to show you that again, like I said before, y'all, y'all so much more than like just the views that we see. You know, we see y'all come down the runway, wear the fashion. It's like, oh, she's beautiful. Oh, the outfit's amazing. Whatever the case is, but like to realize that there's so much more that goes into it. The last thing, um, people are really big on their health. Um, how yeah. how much do you have to watch like what you eat or work out? Like how much of that is affects like you know because you battle. Like do you um, be like, dang, I want to slice the pizza, but I'm gonna get this salad. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I don't. I try to stay away from dairy products anyway because uh-huh. it's not good for you. Um, uh-huh. But I, me myself, I don't eat crazy. I don't eat red meat. I don't eat pork. You know, I for a while didn't eat you know chicken because I went through a like a year where I just kind of um, cut out eat. a lot of different meats. Yes. Um, and I just kind of stuck with, I mean, I stopped eating beef and everything mainly when I was in high school. Um, but at that, at that time, that's when a mad cow disease was all <laughs> coming to yeah. the forefront. So I was like, no, I'm not eating no more of that. But um, <laughs> once in a blue moon, I'll have a burger off the grill at a you know cookout. I'm not going to eat a front. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, I try to eat as healthy as possible, you know, um, drink greens whether it's celery or juicing um because it does it does play a big part in you know your skin um what you, you know, have clear you skin do. by the way like oh, clear, thanks. Clear skin. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have moments like when I, I won't lie when i moved to charlotte my skin uh-huh. started to act funny i think it's the water here that's different um from being up north where it's like I will have slight breakouts, just like to me, I notice. Right. Um, but yeah, I try to drink water. I don't drink sodas, which I haven't drink sodas for years, unless it's like a Sprite from time to time or ginger ale. Right. Or ginger, ginger beer. Ginger beer. That too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I try to eat as healthy as possible. I could do better and. I got to really get back onto it, um, work out, try to work out at least three days a week. Um, you know, a lot of us started slacking, being home, quarantine. 
but uh, I try to keep at it. I mean, clearly, you, I mean, you have the discipline, you know, you know for it. Um, and I, this just came to mind, like, not only, like, you, you, you have your son, and, like, like, literally, you were able to have your son and be like, you know what, I'm still going to do this. I'm still going to model. Um, like, with that, with that journey from, like, you know, having, having your son and having your child back into, like, okay, cool, I'm going to go to model life. You know, that's where it's my last question. Like, how was that for me? Um, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I, like I said, when I came down here, I was able to kind of really focus more into it um, versus deciding to go back to work full time. So I, I did pick up a part time, you know, working part time to kind of at least transition while I went uh, through modeling classes and acting classes and having family down here you know, really helped out with that, relieving a lot, you know, on me because, you know, I was doing a lot of it by myself. Like I said, his, you know, other grandmother helped out a lot, um, mm -hmm. you know, picking him up on the days that I got off work later. But, um, you know, to have that system put into place, you know, it helps. It really helps. That's what, like, you know, what I think about Taraji and how she said she moved to, you know, when she moved to LA. Huh? I think she said that at her award-winning speech, right? Mm-hmm, because she has a son, and she was young. She probably was, like, either late 20s or early 30s, moving out to out L.A. and had a son as well. And a lot of people, you know, it, she, she was brave for doing that because I was like, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> i out there with him, without my family to at least help out and go to gigs and stuff. Um, it is definitely hard. So, and a lot of, like I said, a lot of things I didn't do or didn't go out for because I was like, no, nah, I got to make sure he good. I got to take care of him. You know, I want to make sure I'm present or whatever. But, you know, sometimes you do have to kind of make small sacrifices to kind of still pursue what you want to do so that they see that, hey, mom is still able to take care of me and still pursue her dream. She didn't really fully give up. Like he really loves basketball and he's really good at basketball. So, you know, I just want to make sure that he sees that I'm still you know, and it, people put age limits on things. We did that a lot at 20. I'm thinking, oh, I got to get this job. I got to do this and have it all figured out. But as you get older, just like you can do whatever it is you want to do at any age while you're still living and breathing, able to physically do it, you know, on this earth. All right. So and that's good that you're allowing him to like, you know, he's still chasing his, his dream and, you know, playing basketball. And then also seeing you still be able to chase yours too. Like, right. you know, as I've, being a kid and as a kid, you know, you, you watch so much more what you see than what you hear. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's like big. Outside of Taraji, are there any other like models and um, actresses that you like really, really look up to? Uh, I like Naomi Campbell. Um, I've heard Tyra. that name before. Yeah, so she's one of the brown skin top um, high fashion models that came out, you know, years ago, you know, as far as breaking into a European industry. Her and Tyra, you know, they both were young getting into the industry. Um, you know, that's who I kind of knew or came to know growing up. And like I said, Tyra kind of transitioned from um, modeling and in, in, into acting like with Fresh Prince, you know, so you can do both. Um, and then she was able to, once she made a name for herself, both of them, you know, put other people on. Right you know, make a way for other people and other people like them. 
so that's you know kind of what you want to do as far as like you know with the you know shelf life of modeling if you feel like hey i've paved my way through the industry i've done all that i wanted to do in the industry now i want to pave a way for someone else or directly give that opportunity to other people by opening my own agency like cynthia bailey has the bailey agency out of atlanta um you know so they crossed over but also have made a way for other people to be able to do it no, shout out to Naomi Campbell and Tyra Banks. Yes. That's good to hear. Uh, well, look, like great, great info. Again, I, I didn't, I didn't know as much went on behind the scenes, like until now. Um, whether it's late or it's really interesting to hear that American Next Top Model is like somewhat accurate outside of all the girls and models living in the same house. Um, and then I think it's important to know because I think you know sometimes. You know, when when women or when women, you know, have children, sometimes they feel like, okay, cool, everything's a child, but it's still to know to see someone else like, look, you know, I want to help my child in every way possible, but also I still want to be able to chase my dreams too. Um, right. And sometimes I think that can get lost in transition, um, as well as just knowing people, you know, the old traditional ways, you know, have got to go. When we start to put an age on things and everything like that, and, you know, that used to be what we're looking for. Now it's like, okay, cool, this is a new age. And right. um, new models, um, and 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 that's and I think that's just good for the industry. And I think that's just good for culture and everybody. Um, models that come in all different shapes and sizes and shades. Like I think that I think that's dope. I think that's dope. Um, right. And hopefully, you know, we got we got again more young young models coming up from the costume about who they are and not having to look at magazines like, oh, I don't look like that. I'm not beautiful. It's like that's uh-huh. Right. And then the OGs like pave it away for people that look like them coming behind them. Uh, I think it's gonna be big. I think that's dope, and I like that we slowly progress towards it despite everything that's going on in the world. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I definitely appreciate you again joining the Speak If You podcast. Um, again, if you want to give either you know yourself a shout out, or if you have a business or anything like that, if you want to give yourself or your business a shout out right now, you can go ahead and do that. Um, again, I am your host, Philippe Clayton. You can find me on Instagram at underscore underscore speak your piece or my personal page at kareem.slayton, K-I-L-E-E-M dot S-L-A-Y-T-O-N. And go ahead and give, give your outro. Yes. Yes, I'm Ashley. Again, my Instagram is at A-S-H. B-L-A-C-K-D-I-A-M-O-N-D. That's Ash Black Diamond. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook. I am, but I don't use it as much. Um, but that's my main platform that I'm most, most active on. So, yeah, follow me on there and look out Hopefully for things. Right. Yes. We'll be on the runway very soon. Um, yes. This is just the beginning. Um, and we're excited for not just where you are, but where you are. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And, Thanks um, for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. We are out.